Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shortcomings, a Sex and the City podcast, where we shoot the shit about every episode of the original show, the two movies, and now we have the next chapter, and just like that. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and of course, I'm joined by my other host, Chris Lewis. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. You know, I feel it's weird. You and I talked about this earlier in the week where we're like, it feels like years go by between recordings it now. does it, originally when we were covering the first series it feels like we every second it feels like one second and we're recording again this it feels like there's months in between of recording and i think that's because we're consuming new content and you know there's a lot of news and everything is coming at us all at once the holidays so it feels like we've it's been forever since we've been on the mic and talking to each other and to you people so a lot has been going on in the end, just like that, Sex and the City universe. Yes. I mean, obviously, there was the harrowing and awful news of Chris Noth's credibly alleged sexual assault of three women. Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis, and Cynthia Nixon came out with a statement in support of the women and the importance mm-hmm. of believing women. And... I think we echo everything that they said. I know that we have certainly been on this podcast very fond of the character of Mr. Big as portrayed by Chris Noth. And I just think moving forward, right, we now have different information. We have new information. There's no way to not talk about Big as we continue on our journey of talking about this show. So we will. But we will be talking about the character of Big and not the actor. Um because it's just, it's disgusting, and there's no way to talk about it in a way that feels easy or comparable to the light cotton candy tone of this show. Mm-hmm. It's one of, the, I think, the reasons it's so upsetting is because this is someone, at least for me, this character and this actor, they are wrapped up in my head, like, mostly because I don't really know him from anything else. Right. And... It's just so disgusting and deeply, deeply upsetting. And we just support those women and any woman who is coming forth and telling their story. So we'll leave it at that. I think, Chris, you put it perfectly. Um, and we will now, focus on big. Actor yeah, we will is focus trash. on big. Actor, not so much. All right. So let's let's talk about, let's switch gears here. Let's and you know, let's do a real gear shift and yeah, get into real some... Left something a little bit more light. Before we get into this episode, I did want to just mention one thing that for me is really missing currently from this reboot. It does feel like the women aren't really living in a specific New York City. No, it feels like they're living in any city. Like the original, I mean, one of the fun things about the original is that it it made us all want to move to New York and go to these restaurants, and they name-check places and bars and and New York phenomenons, and we saw different New York people occasionally. And right now, they just feel so disconnected from the city itself. And maybe, look, and the city is not in this title. So the city perhaps is no longer the the fourth or fifth girl. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just something I'm really missing from the energy of the show. I agree. Like, it doesn't... When you said that, I was like, yeah, it kind of feels like this is taking place in like a nameless place. Like it feels like it's just in any city. And maybe that was intentional, right? Yeah. But it is something I'm sorely missing. And just right at the top, I'm going to say this has been my least favorite episode of the four we've seen. I have to echo that statement, Chris. I, this episode was tough. (laughs) Yeah. It was a tough one. It's a toughie. Should we get into it? Yes. Let's get into it. 
So let's start with Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace, who I just want to say, Dr. Nia Wallace continues to be stunning, a queen. I'm loving that performance from Karen Pittman. I think she's so natural and easy in the role. And Mm -hmm. I do think she and Cynthia Nixon have genuine chemistry and seem to really enjoy each other. And it's fun to watch Cynthia Nixon bounce off of a different kind of feminine energy than we've seen with her in the original gals. And listen, my husband and I, we love our life. I mean, nobody's life is perfect, but my life is pretty fucking close, right? But then I, I'm also afraid that if I don't have a child, I'm gonna regret it one day. You know, the thing about regret is that having a child doesn't take it away. Thank you. There are always going to be these roads not taken, right? I mean, I... (laughs) There was a woman in my class at Harvard, not a Rhodes Scholar. She never married. She never had kids. She's a federal judge now. Who goes home to an empty house. There were so many nights when I would love to be a judge and go home to an empty house. It's almost, right, It's this is going to sound bad, but it's the first time we've seen the character of Miranda with someone who is her intellectual equal. Right. And, that's true. And that doesn't lead to and them feeling... And that's a woman. That's a woman. Mm-hmm. Or really a man. Has she ever dated a man who we thought was as smart as her? I don't think Jim Gaffigan is shitting with the door open. Oh, God. When I just watched that episode. Disgusting. Do you want to know something really crazy? That story takes place in, a, in an episode with the jazz musician. Talk about unhinged men. Oh, my God. So I was getting well, it left and right. Thank God Trey was also in that episode. Oh, my God. What a fucking dweeb. So I'm just, I wanted to say up top, right, I like to focus on what we enjoy. And I'm really, really enjoying the performance of Karen Pittman as Dr. Nia Wallace. And and as you can tell, I'm giving her the respect because I only call her Dr. Nia Wallace. Yeah, I really am enjoying her. I find her to be so beautiful. I love their rapport together. They, like you said, they have good chemistry. Before we get like deep into what Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace are up to, I just have to say, what the fuck is going on with Brady Hobbs? I'm so disgusted. I'm sick, Chris. The way he came downstairs with his fucking girlfriend, it's like that he thinks they're roommates. I'm, like, disgusted by his behavior. I find him to be a little shithead. His girlfriend is disrespectful as hell. So disrespectful. Eating marshmallows out of the fucking tub, and he's drinking milk out of the carton. I was like... Who are you, heathens? And then at one point, Miranda says he called her a bitch. I'm like, what is happening in this household? He needs to be thrown out on the street. And then I was reminded of, again, and I don't think we've given it its due, even though I believe I mention it every week on this podcast, that the third movie was supposed to include Brady being like a sexter, unhinged, and sending his dick pics to Samantha. Their conception of what Brady grew into be is the worst man perhaps on the planet. I'm honestly shook by it. Like, I wasn't expecting him to be this bad. And present. Like, it's like he's there and awful. Yeah. Like, we've seen Lily, like, at a glance. And she's wonderful. She's She's a queen. She's a wonderful child. My mom goes, I hate her. I'm like, okay. Wow. She's like, she's just so perfect. I was like, all right, well, we, we don't need your takes. Um, no, well, especially, she needs to be good. I mean, Lily's great. I'm enjoying Rose. Brady is really a tough character. I mean, they're going to need to, like, give him some, like, untended to trauma that he experienced to make this all make sense. But again, we have to say it. I did not expect Brady Hobbs to be our Samantha. Just fucking left and right and being crass. Wasn't ready for that. And I don't love the girlfriend. No, she's not giving me any charm. She's very rude. And she could just be like, Brady, like, chill. Yeah. Instead, she's like, what? Why? Like we Miranda know feel you've stupid. like been smoking pot. It's like this woman's letting you sleep in her house and eat her food. Right. Yeah. Like pay rent, bitch. Ugh, truly. Or go to college. Like get out. Go to, go to school. <laughs> yeah. They're always Ugh. fucking around. But I do love that Miranda is getting closer to Dr. Nia Wallace. She had a nice like situation in the classroom that leads to them going to dinner. 
the one thing, and this is right at the top where I get like angry at this episode. What was the point of that whole interaction at the restaurant where Dr. Nia Wallace has made a reservation in San Francisco instead of New York? And then she's like, well, it's because I'm getting like in vitro. It's like, I don't think it makes you an idiot. Right. I think it was supposed to show that like she's not as like perfect as she seems like Miranda. It was able to show that like Miranda can kind of like let her guard down with her a little bit because she's not like. So per- she doesn't do everything right. I guess. I just thought it was a strange interaction. It was very weird. I was like, where is this going? I felt like these episodes are longer, but I was feeling like we don't have time for this. No, I would much rather unpack other things in this going on in this episode. But I did think it was an interesting choice to have Dr. Nia Wallace reach out to Miranda and want to have this conversation. But then it was kind of undercut when you realize that she doesn't know that Miranda's a mom. I was surprised that that was new information to her because I thought that would have been why she kind of wanted to have a conversation with her. Well, I thought that that's why they had this lunch or dinner is because in the classroom, Miranda brought up like, I think working moms. Yes. It was something about um, laws and motherhood. Yeah. So I I was like, that's a little shocking, but I, I liked the conversation. I don't know how you felt about it. I thought that was probably my favorite scene in the episode. I thought it was really beautifully done i didn't necessarily need the writers to make them use all this legalese it's like we get it you're lawyers i don't think lawyers talk like in terms of courtrooms constantly yeah (laughs) it was like what you and i would do if we were pretending to be lawyers (laughs) like i know they were (laughs) i object it's like which is yeah legal term it was giving it was giving legally blonde i use legal jargon in my everyday life yes like like, it's giving that oh do you want to cross-examine me counselor i'm like what is happening it was very weird but it was my favorite scene too in the whole episode because the episode itself was kind of a disaster it was reminding me of i think one of the few kind of fun scenes and certainly i think it worked the scene in the second movie works better with an audience than it does when you're watching it alone but when miranda and charlotte are talking about how hard it is to be mothers while drinking it's one of the few times i think that the realities of motherhood are talked about in the show although i think that the beginning of motherhood is handled pretty well and how tough it can be when miranda first gives birth to brady and how disconnected she feels originally from her friends who don't have kids But I liked seeing this side of Miranda who can be really frank about the fact that having a child is really rough, particularly because her child is human garbage. (laughs) But that she also loves him. I know. She was like, he called me a bitch. I hate him. I wish I was a federal judge that came home to an empty house. He's leaving his underwear in the kitchen. Yeah. What the fuck is disgusting? Like, he's probably fucking on the kitchen island. <laughs> like he's a dirty little. And Steve's brat. like, Brady. Yeah, he's like, I can't hear anything. Brady, you in there again? <laughs> so tired. Of you these know, I, I miss Steve this episode. I did miss Steve, but Harry was getting me good. He's making me laugh. But I am um, ultimately, I think, something in this story that becomes really true is, is that it, the idea of regret in their conversation and Miranda imagining this life without children or a husband in an empty house she shares with carrie later that she doesn't feel at home in this house she looks around and the life she's built doesn't feel like anyone that she would have and even though we don't see her interacting with che diaz in this episode there's certainly a sense that their interaction at the end of the third episode is going to stay with her and has led to her fully re-examining things. I mean, at this point, she's, you know, full Virginia Woolf. She just wants a room of her own and really to be left alone. Yeah, she just wants these men, these, these Brady men, Hobbs these, to just leave her these the Hobbs fuck men, alone. These Hobbs these disgusting <laughs> Hobbs. <laughs> oh, wait, no, these disgusting Brady's. Brady's, Brady, Brady. Like, she's sick of them. Get them out. She does not want to be part of that Brady Bunch. I can tell you that right now. She hates everyone in the house. Yeah, she is living the real-life horror Brady Bunch. And instead of, like, six kids coming through, it's just different Brady's condoms and... Underwear. And, well, God, I will never forget that that quick pan of the fish tank to... Ride Ride me, cowboy. cowboy. And I was like... It's, It's with me every day. 
It was jarring. I mean, Big's death, Carrie's shoes in the shower, Ride Me Cowboy. There are images from And Just Like That that have stayed with me. The flowers that Samantha sends, you know, these are the things that we're going to be talking about for years to come. Oh, God. Yeah. Wow. Should we get into Charlotte and LTW? Yes. What'd you think? I don't think, were you not a fan of this storyline? It was really tough to see Charlotte like this. Before we get into it, I will say, I do think, and I know we just said this about Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace, Kristen Davis, Nicole Ari Parker, I think have such cute, genuine chemistry. That I will agree with. That I brought you coffee. I brought you coffee. I was like, how sweet these two. It was They're really already cute. friends. Now, as we get into it, I just want us to be thinking about this as we go. Do they also have sexual chemistry? I was like, these two should be together. When Charlotte was defending her at the table later and LTW was looking at her, I was like, honestly, I'd like to see these two fuck. That little wink that they give you, like the little when they are like cheersing at the end of the episode, I was like, they're cute. They're fun. I like them a lot. I, I like their chemistry, like you said. But also, I like that LTW has a bunny of her own. Mm-hmm. Like, so Charlotte has, like, lived this life before with this crazy mother-in-law who thinks you can do nothing right. And I think her husband, Herbert, is a little bit better than Trey. Yes. He's a Harry. He's certainly hotter, but I think he also isn't as acquiescent to... It almost seems like he, while he can't do anything about his mother, he is at least aware his mother is an asshole. Whereas Trey was, like, head in the clouds, do-do-do, like... Yeah, he's like, I love my mommy. He's a mommy's boy. He was disgusting. But I do enjoy this storyline and this idea of how one transitions friendships. Like, you know, I certainly have never tried to transition a mom friend into a friendship, but certainly write professional relationships and try, like, how do we get from, like, work colleagues to friends? Yeah. And so I love the idea that Charlotte is really trying. And I think that There's a lot of dialogue right now about how annoying Charlotte is. And shout out to, I believe, The Dip for posting something quite rude about Charlotte. (laughs) But she is annoying. But I think it is because she tries. And we see effort in our culture as something bad. Like, you should be effortlessly cool and, like, not really care about things as much. But Charlotte wants things to be good and she wants to be perfect. And that isn't inherently bad. Yes, it can be slightly annoying at times, but... I think most of it comes from the fact that she just cares. Well, also, we have to remind ourselves, she's always been this way. Like, she's always tried. But I think most people do not have the affection for Shar Shar that we have. No, and I think people forgot about how, like, the show before was very rom-commy. It was very, like, we're not watching Mare of Easttown. Like, this is Sex in the City. I like, wish we were. We're- Oh, God, I miss Mare. So we have to cut them some slack when it comes to that. But with Charlotte, like, she just really wants everything to be okay. And she wants everything to be happy and perfect. And I feel I feel for her. I do. So LTW, I love that she's so, she's so powerful. She's so fucking badass. I mean, we'll get to it. But I love that she basically also just invites herself over. She says, I am free on Thursday. Let's make it work. Yeah, she was like, you're coming to Herbert's birthday on the 19th, and then let's we're having a dinner party. But I do like that she says, Charlotte, keep it casual, which, of course, Charlotte cannot do. And she's trying so hard to make it perfect. She wants Carrie there for fashion, Miranda and Steve the, oh, for, like, legal things, which, like, LOLs, I think you just meant Miranda. Yeah, because Steve wouldn't hear anything that's going on. <laughs> Steve, well, you you do get a good bartender. I'd have Steve yeah, like, mixing drinks. Get in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> He's a mixologist. I invited Carrie for fashion, Miranda for politics, Stanford and Anthony, gay, the Shapiros, the Downies. Bringing out the big guns. Uh-huh. I've got room for one more couple. How about the Tates? Hmm. They're sweet, but they're just kind of vanilla. Oh, no. What? Everyone I've invited. It's vanilla. The Wexleys can't be the only black couple at the dinner. They're going to think we don't have any black friends. Why don't you just ask the Jenkins in 4C? The Jenkins, yes. Yes, I love the Jenkins, yes. We just had that great brunch. Two years ago. Well, we lost a year to COVID. 
I'm gonna text her right now. But it leads her to realize that there's a real lack of diversity in her friend group, but it also mm. leads her to terrorizing her neighbor. That scene this... was making me laugh. When she said, get her done, I said, did Charlotte just say, get her done? <laughs> like, what? Maybe she heard it from Rose or Lily. And she was like, that sweater is just gorgeous. It was heinous. It was the ugliest fucking sweater. And look, I say that as someone in a striped sweater right now. I mean, right. Those stripes were not ones you want to see again. And I was like, Jesus, these J. Crew shots, like... We love J. Crew. J. Crew has its place in the world. Very fun, mm-hmm. profesh clothing. This was not the sweater <laughs> that we did. I'm sure J. Crew was like, motherfucker. We get a reference on this show all about fashion. Yeah. And this is the sweater they chose. Jenna Lyons is pissed. Pissed. You know, she's up in arms. So they're. <laughs> this was. I did love the idea that again she is trying. So she really wants Harry to feel like up to snuff. She's sending him articles, making sure yeah. he knows things. Yeah, she's like, "Did you read that book?" <laughs> and Harry is a mess. He can't hear. Oh my <laughs> god! Like, but he was also screaming in this scene as if he couldn't hear. So it was making me think, like, is there is and just like that's writer room. Just like okay, so here's the thing with the men: they're old. They're old and they can't hear for shit. So he's screaming, like, I read Michelle Obama's book. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, like, God bless him. Like, him and Charlotte are such a good couple because he knows how stressed she is. And, like, he knows to kind of, like, when to jump in. And, like, it might be a miss, but at least he's trying. But there is the really cringy scene where Charlotte does mistake one of her friends for a former mom at the school. And it is tough. And I appreciate that the show doesn't like write it back where we meet the woman and they look alike. It's like they just let it sit in the yeah. discomfort of Charlotte's act. Mm-hmm. And, Which she wants to die. Oh, yeah. And I appreciate, though, that as a black person who interacts with white people and white people say wild things and make mistakes that can, that are racist, it does not make them racist, but the act and microaggressions. I appreciate that the show is just, they moved on. Like, that is not enough of a thing that would force them to have to have a conversation about race and over-apologize, which I will say Charlotte does the right thing there, which is she also tries to just move on. It's the opposite of Miranda in the first episode, trying to buy it back and fix it and prove how liberal she is. Charlotte's just like, well, I fucked up. Yeah, she's like, oops. And the woman, you know, everyone just kind of moves on. Like you said, they have conversation. And, you know, Charlotte, for her dinner party, wanted it to be, like, a very diverse group. And then she goes to LTW's party and, like, she's – they're the only white couple there. Well, and that's an interesting, right, I think, idea of diversity. Like, Also, her apartment is beautiful. Oh, stunning. I I think we're to believe LTW is running – running big. But I think it's a great comment on how we talk about diversity. So often we would view diversity as like we would view LTW and Herbert's party as diverse when in fact it isn't. It's just like it needs other cultures. And even Charlotte is falling prey to that of like, oh, if how to make my party diverse, I will invite one black couple. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, no, that still wouldn't make it diverse. We need to get some Asian folks in there. She's already got some queer folks. It's like, let's get some Latinx people. And I didn't know if that was like a meta commentary of the show itself, of its lengths to be diverse. Yeah. And what they're not doing is just having, you know, one Black person. It's two Black women who are very different in their both careers and passions and how they assert themselves on the show. Then we have, we meet our first Indian woman in this episode. I believe she's Indian. Then we meet, we've got, you know, a Latinx binary queer person, non-binary queer person, and other folks. And we, certainly this was the most Black people we've ever seen in the Sex and the City cinematic universe ever. on screen. Except for the time that Samantha went to that I don't know. problematic. <laughs> I, I don't, let's not mix the good intentioned sorry, what they're trying sorry, to sorry. do here with, with that episode. Yeah, my bad, my bad. The episode sorry. that I'm literally might call out oh, for. I'll be God. napping that day. Right, Brian? Yeah, you'll be. <laughs> Shout out to Brian. Um, <laughs> I loved this dinner because I, it just felt like fun. It felt like a good dinner party. And then when Charlotte 
whipped out her smarts. Well, what I appreciated is is that LTW, you see her come to Charlotte's defense when yeah. she brags about the fact that Charlotte's this wonderful mom and has these yeah. philanthropic um, interests outside of being just a mom, which is yeah. kind of where Charlotte was situating herself. Yeah. And I liked it, too, because I think it affirmed or, like, reaffirmed the fact that LTW wants to be Charlotte's friend as much as Charlotte wants to be her friend. Absolutely. Because she's like, they love each she other. knows a they lot. They want to fuck. Yeah. They they love each other. They and I think it's. So, I mean, we you talked about it in the episode or earlier, and then I wrote about it uh, for the dip about how it's hard to make adult friendships, like how you take from being a coworker to like how do you exchange numbers now? Like it's just like it's awkward because you're nervous. You have so much more on the line when you are trying to like make that leap. And there aren't social situations where you just like get together. Like there aren't Mm -hmm. parties like in college where it's like, oh, are you going to this party this weekend? Maybe we'll see each other. There isn't class where you would just like meet new people. It's much more difficult to navigate friendship as someone above the age of, I'd say 24. And I loved when they meet for coffee the next day and are able to have a really honest conversation about the fact that Charlotte was really nervous in terms of trying to have a more diverse, integrated friend group. And LTW shares, well, I was very nervous for you all to be nervous as the only white people. They're able to laugh at Harry for sweating so much. We had a great time at your dinner. We loved everyone. Oh, and everyone loved you. Thank you so much for having my back with Eunice. You're like the mother-in-law whisperer. (laughs) Such a good friend. Well, I hope so. I have a confession to make. I was really panicked having you and Herbert over for dinner because I realized you would be the only black couple there. Hmm, that's really crazy. Because I was worried that you and Harry would be nervous being the only white people at my dinner party. Did we seem nervous? He sweat through his suit. (gasps) That's on me. I pushed him so hard. I just, I want to do everything right. Good luck. Seriously, I was so desperate this week. I invited Deirdre. Okay, now you're doing the wrong thing. (laughs) How'd you get out of that? I pretended to drop a ball. Took one for the team. There is something to be said for Charlotte is on the ground actually making a friend in an authentic, real way. And now we're seeing Miranda doing that also. But I do think that it'll be an interesting storyline if they choose to go this way. And I'm not sure if I've said this before of having Miranda really talk to her white friends and say, you guys need to do better. And Charlotte could turn it back to her and say, well, I actually have a black friend. Yeah. Which I could see Charlotte saying, not the right thing to say, but right, like, yes, you were looking at this kind of hegemonic larger structure and racism, and we need to, how we can eradicate that, absolutely. But Charlotte is actually putting it into practice in a way that we haven't yet seen Miranda, because there is still this weird power dynamic between Miranda and Dr. Nia Wallace. But we could also, you know, end this series with Miranda dating Che Diaz, so... Yeah, I mean... It's all up in the air right now. Yeah. But I I just really think LTW and Charlotte have really good chemistry, and I think Nicole Ari Parker is a pretty great addition to this group, and I really just want to see more of them. I want more of her and Herbert, like, their home life. Like, I want to know more about, like, her life without Charlotte, even though I love her and Charlotte together. I would also really love to see them meet, like, to see her meet Miranda and Carrie. Well, you mean LTW? Yeah, I mean, I know that they already met, but I'm excited, to, like, if they ever got really together. Well, I'm going to chat about that in a bit, actually, and oh, what could have made this episode okay. a little bit better. The okay. last thing I want to say about LTW and Charlotte, the only thing that really is weird about this, their kids are not the same age. So it's, yes, they go to the same school, but wouldn't the activities for the children be different? Like, why would Charlotte's kids be doing the same activities as LTW's kids, who seem significantly younger? And then, why not just make LTW's kids older? I don't know. That's a good question. It was just a strange choice, because if they're meant to be contemporaries and buddies Mm -hmm. and getting to know one another, it's just like, well, we don't know when LTW had kids. Just cast them to be a similar age. But her kids are very cute. I mean, when that daughter was speaking French, I was like... I love this little girl. What a queen. Oh, she was so cute. And LGW was like, my kids are so weird. 
And then her son just texting while the daughter's ordering a croissant in French. I was like, you know, actually, well, we do know the son's kind of a fuck up from the first episode. Correct. With the piano. What exactly are microplastics? They're small, man-made. They're less than five millimeters long and they're around you every day. Microplastics are toxic. They cunningly seep into water, the air, and the things we eat. By contaminating our food chain, they make their way to you. Through vegetables at the supermarket, and yes, through fruit too. They're literally everywhere. That's the problem at hand. Every cigarette butt you see on the ground contains 15,000 strands. Learn more at undo.org. All right, should we get into probably my least favorite part of this episode, Carrie and Seema? Oh my God, yeah. Now, I feel I've started every one of these off the top by saying simply, I really enjoy the new character. I don't have a problem with Seema as a character, and I think the actress is amazing and doing really great work. Stunning, beautiful gowns, good actress. Mm -hmm. I am not sure about this storyline holistically what did you think of it before we get into the nitty-gritty i love her really yes did you watch homeland I, no she was on homeland. i i love her because i think she's like has a presence and i like that the first thing we saw was that she's a smoker and like she just gets out of the car and squishes it with her heel but like, you didn't think that was like too dramatic of an entrance i mean of course it was but i enjoyed it i mean for her to roll up in a car that said sema nyc i was like all right guys let's cool it i enjoyed it cuz i think in i mean this might be really obvious i don't know are but you just basing off of liking her off of like the crazy real estate agents on bravo Oh, I want her on Million Dollar Listing <laughs> immediately. <laughs> but I'm assuming there are other normal realtors. Well, I was going to DM Frederick for Million Dollar Listing because him and I occasionally DM about, I want to know like how much it costs to like stage an apartment like that. To completely re, they like remodels. But I think, I know like right there are some hard costs of like painting and taking mm -hmm. and doing certain things. But I would imagine some of that furniture is actually owned by Seema as a realtor. Oh, and she okay. is, she did not go out and buy all of that furniture. Yeah. As a realtor, she has certain furniture that fits. I meant like Carrie probably had to pay for it. Um, You probably have to pay a rental fee for sure. But it's not like she's paying. It's not like Carrie now owns furniture that lives in that apartment because it also needs to be taken out before the person moves in. That's true. But what I was going to say originally before I like I totally lost my train of thought is, is she supposed to like replace Samantha's energy? Seema, if to kind of have is, that like sexy, like single, powerful businesswoman, like and like thing. No, Brady is the new Samantha. <laughs> I don't think we, I don't think any of these powerful new women are meant to be our new Samantha. Brady okay. is. Okay. I would definitely say Seema is. I mean, she's our single girl. We don't really know in terms of the new characters. The only one, right? Doctor Nia Wallace and LT Dubs are both married. Che Diaz, we're not sure of their dating status, although we know they are at least flirting heavily with... Although, I guess Miranda and the audience are taking this as flirting. Che Diaz might do that to people all the time. Yeah. You just never um, know. But I would say the difference between Seema and Samantha and why she wouldn't occupy that space is, is she's someone who's looking for a traditional romance. She wants to find oh, love and true. get married. So, yes, yeah. she's dating, but with the intention of, like, I'm ready to wrap Getting this married. up. That's true. Now... We open the episode and Carrie is still sleeping in her old apartment. This episode takes place the next day as the last one. So, okay, we got to talk about Carrie sleeping in this apartment. First and foremost, does this bitch not know how to make coffee? Or are we to believe that the coffee machine is just old and broken? The coffee machine is just old and broken, but I'm led to believe that Stanford didn't ever make coffee when he stayed there. A, we should first and foremost, let's just put this over everything. We should all be very happy that the apartment is bare bones and does not look like it did at the end of the first movie. Oh, God. That was There is a disgusting. special place in hell for whoever brought that L-O-V-E pillow wall installment. It was probably Louise, and maybe that purse she got was because she bought that ugly wall, shit. wall, like, just sick. The ugliest redecorating of an apartment I've ever seen in a show. 
And they yeah. really played it like we were going to see something fucking great. Like, your eyes are going to be blown. Yeah. They were blown, all right. I was like, ooh. I was just concerned. But I, so I'm glad the apartment's back. It's more normal. It's actually quite undecorated, as if something, and perhaps we're to believe that her life with Big now being more integrated and whole, that she took a lot from the apartment and is now in that house. But she leaves in the morning, and Widow Bradshaw. Chris? What did you, now, I know, I know. The third time I watched the episode, it, it hit me. I were to believe all of her clothes are at the apartment. The good clothes are at her apartment with Big. Correct. So that's all she's left with. But I still couldn't forgive it. You do not walk down the street in that outfit. I was like, where the fuck is she going? <laughs> Just a bodega for a coffee. The bodega. And he calls her Caroline. Well, that is like very, that to me was one of the things that rang true about New York is like, you're going to go into a bodega. You're going to have a relationship with the bodega man. He won't know your name, but he'll remember you. You're going to see a cat in a corner. You're going to buy some Brillo pads next to like pregnancy tests next to like a few off-brand Xanax. It's all of a piece. So I did like that. I wish it, I wish the scene had either been more moving with bodega man or funnier. Yeah, it was just kind of like, oh, we're doing this. And, and then right, we like moved on. It, it is nice to see this sense that she is of this neighborhood and knows people there and has a relationship to the city. The city in some ways taking care of her when he gives her the coffee and the bu- the muffin or bun for free. Mm-hmm. But she just looked unhinged. She looked fucking nuts. And then (laughs) there was like a small moment where like a woman walked in and like looked at her outfit. That woman was was the whole audience looking at her like, that woman is on point because this this look is crazy. And the hair was crazy. (sighs) The hair was I really, we got to get out of the Widow Bradshaw phase. I need it. Badly. But I, so Carrie decides to sell her apartment. I thought Miranda and Charlotte gave her good advice. Like maybe you need to halt, which I love that. Don't do anything when you're hungry, angry. Lazy or tired? Lazy can't be L. Yeah, lazy's <laughs> not it. It's angry. like lazy. Wait, what is it? Hungry, angry. Hungry. Why is lazy sticking? People are screaming as they listen to this, like you fucking idiots. Mm. Mm. Lethargic? No. Is it? <laughs> are you looking it up? Yeah, hold on. Halt. Lonely. Oh. <laughs> It is not lazy. <laughs> it's not lethargic. Hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I think you can okay. make decisions lazy. when you're lonely. That's actually a weird one. I think you can make decisions when you're lonely. Maybe they mean like death. That's true. <laughs> and they just had to fit it in there. Yeah. They had to make it like a cute <laughs> but acronym. I thought that was really good advice, but she does decide mm-hmm. to sell her apartment. She fucking and snaps at Charlotte again. Yeah, something's something's going on. Something's going on there. Something is brewing because, like, she's so fucking rude to her. I'm like... I love it. Charlotte's just trying to say nice things. And Carrie's like, it's fine. I see people every day. I live in the city. And then when Charlotte's like, I'm sorry, Carrie plays it like, it's fine. I know. She's like, oh, honey, it's okay. I'll come. I was just joking. Bitch, where are you? Yeah, I know she wasn't. So you like... Oh, and then Miranda wanted to order a bottle of wine. (laughs) We're always laying that track. And Charlotte's like, I don't think so. I don't think so. One more glass. (laughs) But you liked the introduction of Seema. I thought it was very clunky. You know, the whole, my name means boundaries, which is interesting because I don't have any. I'm like, who is writing this? I want to talk to the writers. Do you listen to Las Culturistas? No. Well, they had a running gag about... um, the morning show that it was being written by fourth graders. And they've said that the fourth graders have moved over to end just like that. And with the introduction of Seema, I was like, oh, the fourth graders are running wild. It's not the introduction of Seema that really struck me this episode. It's Carrie's constant puns. Oh, well, oh I can't well, take it. But that's always Every, been there. No, it's always been her. But, but, but like, they're, they're bad. There was, they, they're, Really They're bad. Really, really bad. Like she's and making jokes that aren't she jokes. That's all she says. <laughs> she doesn't have like a real conversation with you. She's just like, dun, dun, dun. like it's weird. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I don't like it. I mean, effectively, you're talking about the lunch scene, right? Where she and Seema are talking about dating apps. Yeah. And Carrie, I mean, we get at least three, right? I think at one point she says, well, what he needs to be looking for is his shirt. <laughs> and she's always like, yeah, she's always, she always thinks she's like the smartest bitch in the in the room. 
And then she says something about, you know, oh, so he was a little too tender. It's like, oh yeah. my God, I'm like <laughs> disgusted. I know. Like, she's not saying anything like real. She's just talking about But, in you puns. know, Seema hit her own with like, and it wasn't okay, Cupid. It's yeah. like, oh, guys, <laughs> come on. I know. It was just like kind of lame. But I liked that, you know, I mean, Carrie messed up and she said some things she shouldn't have said. She did. What did you think when they go to that other open house and that man approaches Carrie? I giggled. The one thing I'll say is is that I don't like when they play it as, oh, this man is both unattractive and annoying. Like, it would be a very different and almost better scene if he was conventionally handsome, but annoying and Carrie didn't want to hang out with him and he was too forward. I mean, were we to believe this man was just asking Carrie to fuck in that house when he's like, want to see the bedroom? I mean, yeah, he straight up did. I mean, honestly, I'm into it. I at first I was a little confused why they were there. Well, we'll get to that. Oh, you at know first who I, was I wasn't like, into? Oh, are they buying this apartment? Like I was really lost for. You a minute. know who I wasn't into, and I think we're gonna fight about this. The podcast producer. I did not care for seeing him outside of that glass. He was he, he was disgusting. There was I've been so into him when he's behind glass. Then he popped out and with his little brown belt, I was like, get out of here, buddy. <laughs> Did you like I him? was living for him to be out of the glass. <laughs> I was disgusted. I was like, get off the screen. I'm trying to spend time with Carrie and Che Diaz. This guy is adding literally nothing. He also is not a very good actor. Well, he said three words. Yeah, he wasn't selling it. Mm-hmm. No, I did like our the other comedian and the new character, Chloe, who they were introduced. I was like, this I could like. I was like, let's follow them. Oh, the other podcast host and the his girlfriend? Yes, who's like the social media boss. manager who's yeah. like psychotic. <laughs> she's like, get your socials up. So Carrie yeah, now like, Carrie, in the you world haven't of, posted in three weeks. Carrie in the world of podcasting has been told to step that pussy up and get your socials up. Mm-hmm. Thankfully the dip has never told me to do either of those things. <laughs> yes. And actually I think they would like me to probably step my socials up. Yeah, maybe maybe step that that pussy yeah. up. But I wasn't sure about the open house, but I did like the idea, and I think it is a really interesting and good one, that Carrie enjoys spending time with Seema because she didn't know Big, and that she her, being around her isn't about being a widow. It's about life She's as it could be, yeah, rather than the past. And I think that's, I would imagine that is a very relatable thing to someone going through grief of wanting to reach out to people who you could have a fresh connection with rather than mourning. What did you think of the ending scene between Seema and Carrie and the broken photograph? We should say that the photograph is from a season two episode that we've covered. It's from the night that Big said finally called Carrie his girlfriend and, and also performed that crazy jazz <laughs> performance. Crazy what jazz was he saying? Oh, when I was 64 uh, or whatever. When I was 17. <laughs> 17. <laughs> When I was 17, it was a very good year. Guys, I'm sorry. We've tried to record this podcast like 15 times today. When I'm on my 64. last leg. I haven't had lunch. I'm starting to feel weak. <laughs> yeah, no. We've Sam took a break to so eat a granola bar. I was having low blood sugar. I've been up since 4 a.m. That's how long we've been recording. When I was 17. Um, I thought this the frame thing was a little too on the nose for me of like what they were really trying to get at. But I what cried. I really appreciated was Seema called Carrie out on her fucking shit. And I was like, thank you. I think Seema is a stealth assassin like we've never seen before oh, in this show. Sniper from the side. She took in, she held on to like her hurt, mm. waited until she was called on something apologized in a beautiful, real way, but then said, mm-hmm. but I do want to be clear, you have also been inappropriate and hurtful. So I'll just replace the glass. You can't just replace the glass. That picture was on his side of the bed. He touched that glass all the time. You, the, the glass is not replaceable. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you don't seem very sorry. You're sitting there, you know, pretty casually. No, oh, it just, we'll just replace the glass. You know, it's not, no big deal. No worries. No worries. He was the the love of my life. Actually, 
I'm not like that at all. I... Well, that's, that's how it seems to me. He's gone, it's broken, and no one can fix it. I am very sorry. I am. I assure you, I had no intention of being insensitive to your situation. Sometimes people aren't aware of how insensitive they may seem. And I guess today that could apply to me. Or to you at the restaurant the other day. Me? How was I insensitive? When we were talking about me dating, you said something like, well, no, it wasn't something like, I remember exactly what it was. You said, well, it's great. You're still putting yourself out there. Well, it's great. You're still putting yourself out there. Good for you, Seema, trying to find yourself a man to marry after all those years of no luck. No, no, that's not the way I meant it. No, I'm sure, but that's how I heard it. You know, if I'm being really honest, maybe you have a point, Carrie. Maybe there's a little part of me that doesn't feel sorry for you. Because at least you found the love of your life and you had him for many wonderful years. And in my eyes, that is something we're still putting yourself out there for. I agree. I completely, and I think it is a lovely sentiment. I think, right, um, this idea that the photo is the same, it's almost in some ways a metaphor for what we're watching on this show, is that the photograph, our memory of the original show, is the same and you can't really bother that but the frame is now different we're looking at it through this new broken prism of and just like that mm -hmm. and frankly given this week and the news about chris knows it's like well we're also gonna like reframe and look at him and the character of big very differently moving yeah. forward but i just thought that the line the glass is not replaceable was so moving because it isn't mm -hmm. Like, as she yeah. says, like, he touched it. You can't, if you replace it, it wouldn't be the same. But I thought it was great of Seema to also say, look, we need to talk about this one word you used that it, within the sentence still, mm -hmm. which was very hurtful. And I, I mean, just like Carrie gets away with a lot of shit. Like Carrie says rude things to her friends and no one ever says anything to her about it. And so I was just, I was happy that Seema said something. I was like, good for you. Same. I thought it was um really great. I wish there'd been another beat before. It's just like, do you want to try this yellowtail? <laughs> oh yeah. I thought we needed a I thought we needed a smidge more before Seema had just gotten over that. But she's but a bigger person than me. We have to talk about Stanford. Oh, fuck me. I am so disappointed. So look, Michael Patrick King has said they did not want to kill Stanford Blatch because obviously the show is already within grief. There was also, there have been words that he reached out to Willie Garson and said, would you be willing to come back in and film this additional scene so that that would wrap up Stanford's storyline? He could not due to his health. Totally get that. But at a certain point, yes, there are the overwhelming real reasons of why Stanford will no longer be in this show. But then there's the choice that they make of how to get rid of him. And that is a wild, wild choice to drop a note and have Stanford move to Tokyo to manage a TikTok star. And divorce Anthony all the I didn't even know. I don't even actually care about that. That to me is like whatevs. We've seen them kind of be unhappy. No, I know. But it was just like, whoa. Like uh, what's TikTok, going on right now? Do TikTok stars even travel? Yeah. Well, but what would they be doing? I don't really get it. Like, they make videos in their, like, houses. Why would anyone in Tokyo need them to travel? I don't know. Apparently, Stanford knows, and that's why he's going there. And we but do I was know like, Stanford to be, like, a tech, to be a talent manager. You know, obviously, right. shout out to the bone from season one, our king. King. This is a step too far for me. I just thought it was very strange. Very unnecessary an unnecessary choice yeah i didn't and enjoy. it's just a very sad note to leave the character on particularly given how much the character was becoming 
integral to the plot. And you could see there's a storyline brewing of Stanford becoming one of the girls and more integrated into the group and the tension that was going to bring between him and Charlotte or even him and Carrie as, you know, as he becomes closer in the foursome, why does that mean he's now closer to Carrie? Like there Mm -hmm. were, there were good stories to mine there. And obviously the larger reason they couldn't, but even if you were going to send Stanford to Tokyo to manage a TikTok star and divorce his husband, I feel that there is, which is a wild sentence. I apologize. Yeah, that but was guys, a lot. We all watched it. We had to, you watched it too. Reminded me in college once my roommate came home and he was like, so what happened on Lost? And I was like, I think the island took Claire. And he looked at me like I was crazy. I was like, no, that's not me. That's, that's the show, that's buddy. Happened. Don't look, yeah. I, I'm not crazy. That's amazing. But if we're going to... It just made me sad that that's like how we went out. Yeah. I don't know. But also there's a better way to frame it. If you're going to do that, then take it seriously. Take the idea that he was willing to leave his best friend and his husband and the city he loves seriously. And given that Carrie makes everything about herself, have that spark something in her. Have it spark a new adventure for her. And have her decide to sell that goddamn apartment. It is insane to me that she's moving back to that apartment. I get needing to sell the apartment that she lived in with Big. But to move back to that shithole with the amount of disposable income this woman has, it is insane. Why are you moving back to this studio apartment? Did you see her stove? Chris, her <laughs> this apartment is literally in shambles, and she's leaving. The floors need to be stripped again. Somebody call I'm him. Sorry, yeah, like maybe that's why he comes back. <laughs> because I just I don't understand what she's thinking. I mean, the closet is not big enough for her wardrobe. Frankly, it isn't. I would be like, babe, what are you doing? You're not moving back there. <laughs> but right, so we have Stanford who was using this apartment as his home. He mm-hmm. he's chosen to move on and do something new, a whole new professional moment in his life. Carrie could have read that note and thought, coming back to this place isn't the right next step for me. Stanford took a new adventure. I'm going to buy a new place. And I get it. We love the apartment. It's iconic. But I feel we've given that apartment a lot of our time. We've watched it for six seasons, two movies. We're back there now. Let's sell that piece of renovation. Let's sell that shithole. Yeah. Let's sell that shithole. I want to see Carrie. Carrie can afford a brownstone. The biggest mistake Carrie ever made, in my opinion, I mean, she's made a lot, but one of them. When she is, gave Louise that bag? Well, yeah. But when she didn't the, hire the gay assistant with the heels? Because I was like, there's nothing wrong with him. He just likes heels, bitch. My thing was, why did she stop Aiden from buying that fucking next door apartment and knocking down the wall? Well, I think. I know she, why. She but didn't like, stop. I think they broke up before he could. I know, actually... but I would have let him finish it. <laughs> then, like. <laughs> but then she absolutely she would have needed to like also then terrorize Charlotte out of another piece of jewelry to afford two apartments. That's very true. Listen, like I said, I understand why it didn't end up happening, but I'm very sad for her. But you're right. Had it been bigger, I'm Ugh. just like I'm so tired of looking at this apartment. Yeah. Well, guys, that's kind of the episode. <laughs> that's. <laughs> I did want to mention um, one thing that I think would make this episode real much better. Mm-hmm. I think that the story should have been that they do get together for a dinner party at Charlotte's. And then we get Miranda, LTW, Carrie, Steve, the husbands, all in one place. Have Carrie bring Seema because she doesn't want to be alone at the party. Right. Yeah. Because that was one thing I did note that I felt was a missed opportunity for the show to mention for Carrie or Charlotte. When she's listing who's invited, she's listing all couples and Carrie. Yeah. So what a great kind of way to introduce her being single, needing to integrate this new friend. We get to see LTW with the gals. Um, I don't know how Dr. Nia Wallace gets there, but let's throw her in too. Um, and it would have been even better, I think, for and more potent if, for example, Seema had overheard Carrie saying something to Charlotte and Miranda about, oh, well, she's still single and making it work. Maybe I can. Yeah. And then confronts her in the moment. I just felt this episode was so static and it needed some life and some jaunt to it. And I think getting yeah. all the characters for a dinner that we know would have been helpful. Like, love the dinner party at LTWs, but it's populated mostly by characters who either don't speak or we don't know. 
Right. I want I want more like the girls together. We need like a group scene. But yeah, I need more. Let's get them all together. Maybe for Brady's birthday party. Oh. Happy 18th. Graduation, hopefully. Get him the fuck out. Although you know he's going to live at home. God. What did you think of the fashion in this episode? (gasps) Loved LTW's looks. Her coral... Her Her coral shirt she was wearing at the beginning with that, like, yellow skirt. Amazing. Amazing. And then I also... I know that you don't really care for her, but Seema's first look that she is wearing, the silk, like... Beautiful. Tannish gray pewter color it was so beautiful and by the way i don't dislike sema now i just don't i just think that that story isn't as good as it could have been i agree but uh, carrie's outfits are boot carrie's doing too much hat work carrie's like uh, too much fascinators there was one hat that was like it was the one at the asymmetrical miranda And in Charlotte, and I was like, "Where the fuck is she going right now?" I mean, a lot of hat. It looked like the Kentucky Derby. It was too much. And a lot of people have said recently to me, Sam, and by a lot I mean two, have said to me, "Um, "You guys don't seem to know anything about fashion." (laughs) And I've said, "We don't, and maybe we do need to farm out a fashion correspondent." (laughs) I don't think we do. We're like we like her silk pewter. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm like she was wearing an asymmetrical hat. I like. <laughs> we don't know yeah. anything. We don't know what anything. What man did you like in this episode? I mean, other I than like that stupid was, like, podcast no producer. Men. I was into but Herbert. I liked Herbert. Yeah, Herbert. Herbert. He could get I it. Maybe hu- I'm not only hungry and blood sugar low. I'm thirsty for Herbert. Thirsty for Herbert. I mean, he's a good looking guy. Don't care for his name. We've got a when Harry met Sally situation there. We got to get a new name on Herbert. Or is that yeah. Sleepless in Seattle, where she talks about... No, it's Harry Met Sally, when she talks about how you can't fall in love with men with certain names. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah, she was in love with Sheldon. Yes. And that's when Harry Met Sally, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, no, my man is definitely Herbert in this one. Oh, for sure. Because there wasn't a lot of men in no. this episode. Like, it was mainly the women, Which but we none love. of them were together. Oh, you know yeah. who I actually also thought was hot? Seema's driver. Get your eyes on Seema's driver. Did you see I him? thought he was hot, too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I remember I took note. I was like, oh. I was oh, so- one thing we have to talk about is Carrie smoking again, and I enjoy. I enjoy I that. I love the idea of Carrie smoking again. Love, love, love. You know, I don't think she ever should have stopped. Carrie is a smoker. She's not mm-hmm. much like when everyone lo- is like, Carrie should be a CEO. I'm like, bitch, Carrie is, does not have any energy to work. No, that's not for her. That's not our girl. Um, no. Yeah, completely agree. I wish that it had been a bigger moment. It felt a little, oh, I want a cigarette. Yeah. Like, I felt, yeah. I wish, like, her lighting that first Siggy up had been like, okay, a we're moment. doing this. Yeah. I really, I liked the little moment of her smoking in her apartment. And then Anthony is like, you're smoking? And she's like, yes, babe. <laughs> My husband died. I'm it's been a six. week. Um, and yeah. I, to, to give Carrie one good look, I did like her, like, crazy plaid look she's wearing to go. The and, colorful one? Yes. The, like, yeah. matching plaids. I thought yeah, that was I really that. good. What do you think's going to happen next? What do you want to see? I kind of have shared mine already, which is we got to sell that fucking apartment. Can't we look at it We got to sell that anymore. apartment, but it's not going to happen. I know. Um, but just think about this. A man has probably left her millions to billions of dollars, oh, and she's 100%. still living in that apartment. If he left a million to Natasha, think how much Carrie gets. Carrie's, I, I would say conservatively, and again, you know, I want two things. I want to know how much every character on every show I watch has in the bank, uh-huh. and I want to know their astrological signs. Whole chart. That- yeah, the full thing. I want the full. I'm saying chart. conservatively, he left her 20 mil. Oh, for sure. She's got to get a new apartment. Yes, and a new stove. Like the whole thing. It's just a goddamn disaster. But what I want to see more of is more Shay and more Miranda. Like I want to see that storyline kind of evolve more. I I just kind of want more of every one. I feel like I'm getting like little sprinkles, and I want more. And I did. I love. By the way. As a Char Char, loved that we saw more of Charlotte in this episode because she's kind yes. of been in the background. She was like, the, she was the main focus, really. So, what would you give this out of 10? A five. And this is going to be wild, but as we talked about it, I really started to like this episode a lot more. Oh my God. I'm giving God. it a seven. Wow. I really actually came to enjoy it. I feel like that always happens with us. Like, we're like, oh, this episode. And then by the end, we're I like, I came in and was like, this is a one out of 10. How yeah. fucking dare they? <laughs> And just like that, we loved it. 
Well, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to discuss episode five of In Just Like That, Tragically Hip. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review shortcomings wherever you listen to podcasts, including Spotify, which is now available to you people. And check out the other podcasts from The Dip, TV Watch Repeat, Pop Chaser, But Now We Said It, and of course, Hot Off The Mess. And follow us online. I'm at clewis1219 on Instagram. Sam, where are you? I'm at Bravo Historian on Instagram. I'm at Take Yourself on Twitter. Oh, and Merry Christmas. Oh, Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye. Big tobacco cigarette butts filter practically nothing and are made of microplastics that are toxic and cunning. More than 15,000 fibers lurk in every cigarette butt you see. Could they harm your families? Quite possibly. They could end up inside of you, your bodies, their prey. New studies even indicate possible links to mutations in DNA. An evil lie with the future's worth of harm. To the world, now you know. So sound the alarm. Learn more at undo.org. Oh, we could, we could fly. This is your summer. That means Six Flags and the taste of an ice-cold Coca-Cola. We're talking thrilling coasters, amazing animal attractions, and this. Coke is summer refreshment, so you can hop on another ride, like the all-new Sidewinder Safari. Six Flags and Coca-Cola. Come make it yours. Visit SixFlags.com Coke to save up to $20 off passes or daily tickets starting at $39.99.